Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope that you're having a meaningful Christmas this season. You know, I, I'm wondering what uh, you like to do to decorate your house for Christmas. One of the fixtures in our house, at least down in Longview, was the Little People Play School Nativity Set. Now, this wasn't a delicate uh, nativity set. This was a toy, and it was the type of toy that could withstand the rough play of three little boys. And so it was not uncommon for you to see parts of this nativity set strewn uh, throughout the living room. It would get mixed in with other toys. And because of that, sometimes there were odd guests that would show up at the nativity scene. Sometimes Thomas the Train would pay a visit. Uh, one year, James uh, staged a battle between the dinosaur from Toy Story and one of the angels. Even our dog, our golden retriever Sophie, paid a visit one Christmas. And I wanted to pick up, uh, put up this one image. And this is a picture of Sophie. And she's looking pretty guilty because if you look closely behind her, you'll see... A uh, wise man with its arm broken off. Uh, Sophie had gotten a little bit aggressive and had chewed it off when we weren't looking. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this image, and in many ways, I see this as uh, something that helps us discover again the scandal and the surprise of this nativity story. You know, we're so familiar with the story that it can easily become domesticated. It can be this cute Norman Rockwell-esque type of scene. But to first century listeners, it had this effect of surprise and scandal even, because there's all kinds of unexpected people at the scene. Mary and Joseph are this poor couple that can't find a place to have their baby. There are animals in this cow shed. Not golden retrievers, mind you, but animals. And this whole scene is taken out in this down-and-out nothing town of Bethlehem, and it's announced to these nameless shepherds. You know, this Advent, we've been looking at the various characters surrounding the nativity scene, and tonight I wanted to focus in on the presence of the shepherds in this story. For their presence is surprising. You know, one commentator writes this, At that time, shepherds were often despised as thieves and unfit for more respectable occupations. Their testimony was not allowed in court, nor their presence in polite society, and so shepherds found their place on the outskirts of town. The fact that God would choose to announce this message to them and that they would have such a prominent role in this story that is meant to change the world is telling us something. Right from the outset, we see that it is those on the margins, those who are on the outskirts, those who are pushed to the side, who will take center stage in God's kingdom. That's what we hear in the angel's message. There is good news in this story for all people. There are a group of musicians from the Phoenix Symphony, and I uh, read a story about them a couple of years ago where they performed beautiful classical music concerts at the local homeless shelter. 
to first century listeners, that's really how this story sounds, that this angelic host would come and sing this beautiful song of God's redemption, not in the temples, not in the places of power and prestige, but to these nameless shepherds on the outskirts of town. Friends, I think that this story is good news for us. Good news for any of us who, for one reason or another, feel pushed to the side, on the margins, down and out for one reason or another. And I think this story is good news for those of you who feel isolated this Christmas. The story reminds us that there is a God who comes to us and comes to you. That the angelic song that is sung is not just reserved for packed sanctuaries and beautiful cathedrals, but wants to break into your living room, into your lonely and quiet house this Christmas. This Christmas story is good news for those of us who feel weak, maybe due to illness or injury, who feel left out in a world that is fast-paced and ambitious. God says that you belong in the story. I think this story is good news for those of us who are experiencing brokenness in our family life. There's a reminder that we belong in the story. The story is good news for small towns, for Bellingham, for Linden, for Ferndale. It's a reminder that the kingdom of God wants to unfold in the outskirts of town and those places of brokenness. This is good news for the homeless encampment in Bellingham, for business owners that are struggling, for schools that are struggling, for under-resourced parts of our community. The story is good news for those of us who feel weighed down by shame and regret over our past sins and struggles. I noticed the, the shepherd's response to the angels as this light breaks in they, they're fearful and they want to hide and I and I wonder if there's something in that that's suggesting their reluctance to step into the light that that might reveal or expose their story their past my spiritual director once said that the evil one wants to make us feel very uncomfortable around God make us feel that we are too far gone that what we've done has disqualified us but this story, friends, of Christmas reminds us that we have a God who comes to us, comes in search of us, despite our past, despite our shame, despite our mistakes. We have a God who comes and he eats with sinners and he searches for the sheep that is lost, who brings good news of great joy to all the people, even those of us who have filled with regret this story is good news, friends, for those whom our culture often rejects, for the poor, for the refugee, for the homeless in our midst. One summer, Julie and I spent some time down in Guatemala. We are being mentored uh, from a missionary down there named Joel, and he worked in the slum in the center of Guatemala City. And he had this beautiful image uh, that captured what he experienced, for he said that he found God in the low places so often, 
And he, he said that grace trickles down and collects in the low places. In the low places. Thomas Merton writes one of my favorite Advent quotes, and he says this. He says, into this world, this demented inn in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ has come uninvited. But because he cannot be at home in it, because he is out of place in it, and yet he must be in it, his place is with those others for whom there is no room. His place is with those who do not belong, who are rejected by power because they are regarded as weak, those who are discredited, who are denied the status of persons, tortured, exterminated, with those for whom there is no room, Christ is present in the world. With those for whom there is no room, Christ is present in this world. May we hear the good news of this Christmas story for those of us for whom we feel there is no room. Christ is present with us, comes to us, The shepherds represent those of us who are down and out, who feel excluded. And it's in that low place that they then receive the the grace of God. It trickles down into this low place and they contain and receive it. Do you notice how they respond to this message? That they readily leave behind their sheep and come in search of this newborn king. They're ready to give up their sheep, knowing that it might cost them their livelihood to thieves, to predators. And yet so readily they run and leave that behind because they have heard of a deeper hope. of This good news of a God who wants to welcome them into the center of the story. May the wonder and the hope of the Christmas message compel us now to set aside the barriers, the attachments of our world, and step now to this newborn king. For to all of us who, for one reason or another, feel unworthy, excluded, hopeless, God says to us, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. May we receive this message this Christmas. God bless and Merry Christmas.